0: On this episode, you will learn the difference between S-Corps versus partnerships for online entrepreneurs. We dive into the perks of an S-Corp, then we get into the problem with a non-spousal S-Corp, and then lastly, we go into how do you do tax planning when you have a business partner. As always, if this episode helps you or brings you value, please do me a favor and share it with a friend. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Build Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs build wealth by saving taxes and growing their money. Each episode will break down different strategies in the areas of business, tax, and retirement planning specifically for your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making any changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, here's your host, certified financial planner and tax advisor, Matt Darby. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Build Your Wealth Muscle. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Uh, We have two show formats, and the first one is like you are, well, the one you already clicked on, it's a solo episode where we can go really deep on specific areas of finance, tax, wealth management. And that's this allows me to go really in-depth and give you action steps that hopefully will help you as like a tutorial. And then we have guest episodes where we bring on colleagues of yours and also experts in that support your industry as well as myself, like in terms of business, sales, marketing, things like that. So today, we are talking about a solo episode going over the difference of an S-corp versus a partnership for people who are in business with a non-spouse. And I'll talk about that a little bit later, like the spouse versus non-spouse. But this episode is hopefully going to highlight some of the things that you should think about if you are in business with a non-spouse. So I don't want to colloquially, I think that's the term, (laughs) call that a partnership because... I want to explain why you may be looking to work as a partnership versus a lot of times you try to turn that multi member partnership into S Corp. And that can often be a mistake. And I'm going to go over why um, there's a better way potentially to set this up. Now, I will disclaim or disclaim uh, I'm looking at this from the vantage point of taxes. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not. I don't have the expertise and this is not legal advice to give you like the differences from the asset protection um just know that there are those differences so if you want to know those specifics you do need to speak with a lawyer in your state or in your area um, that can give you the the legal side of this i'm just going to show you all the differences from a tax perspective so i want to make that uh, abundantly clear this is not legal advice so before we get into the the differences you may not even be familiar with why people like S-Corps. Uh, and That stands for S-Corporations. And so let me give you a little bit of background. LLCs do not save taxes. So that is often a misconception. If To zoom out for a little bit, to keep it simple, if you work by yourself, if you have no entity at all, you're what's considered a sole proprietorship. There are you still can do all the the tax things that other people do, like tax deductions. Like you can still take, you can write off anything um, that that's legitimately part of your business. Like you can take the vehicle deduction, the home office, the health insurance, so all the stuff that is a cool perk of being a business owner. Like part of your cell phone, part of your laptop, all the things that are personal expenses that are legitimately part of your business that you can start to write off. You can do that in a, a sole proprietorship now. The reason people have LLCs is for asset protection. Again, seek speak with a lawyer to get the details on that for your specific state. But the misconception out there is like, "Oh, I need to become an LLC for my business expenses to be legit." That's total bullshit. If someone's selling you that or selling you or telling you, run, because that's bullshit from a tax perspective. A sole a one member sole proprietorship which is by default or a one member LLC, they're identical in the eyes of the IRS. In fact, they fill out the exact same tax form. So that's the thing that we want to go one step away from. We go to an S Corp inside of that LLC. Now, I'll use these terms interchangeably. An S Corp can be its its own thing. You can go from a sole proprietorship directly to an S Corp. You can also take an LLC and elect to have it taxed as an S corp. Now, one of the advantages, in my opinion, of going from a sole proprietorship to an LLC, then to an S corp, is because if for whatever reason it becomes unfavorable for you to be an S corp, you can revoke that S election. And inside of the LLC, it goes back to being an LLC. If you went as a standalone from a sole prop to an S, if for whatever reason you decide to revoke that, S-Election, and there's some reasons that I'll get into today, um, that S-Corp becomes a C-Corp. And for the majority of people listening, under the current tax code in 2023, it would be likely unfavorable for you to be a C-Corp. So I like the option of going from sole proprietorship, forming your LLC, and then electing the S-Election um and i'll i'll give you an example right now why that's that's critical because i'm actually in the process of doing this myself now joe biden was attacking s corps when he first came into office so there was a lot of talk amongst the tax community like would it be would some of our clients be revoking that s election because depending on where their income falls it may not be as favorable as it used to be and then and there is some administrative work inside of s corp so that sparked the conversation but What we're going to talk about today in terms of how your businesses should be set up and having parent companies, that's another reason. So I'll give you an example. In my life, I'm in the process now of separating my one business, Darby Business Advisors, is an LLC um, that's required by the states from a regulatory perspective. (laughs) And I have an S Corp or the election of S Corp in that LLC. And in that business, as you guys may or may not be aware, we do tax strategy, it's an investment advisory firm, wealth management. We do everything inside of that entity. I'm in the process now of separating those so that there's the wealth management, that will be Darby Business Advisors, which the name might be changing. Um, But all the tax advisory work, the fractional CFO work, the bookkeeping, that will become its own entity. So that new entity that'll be basically the cfo entity for me that's going to become my new parent company so i will be revoking the s election inside of darby business advisors and dropping it into the cfo entity which will own the advisory firm so that's a normal example of why someone listening might be like well why would you revoke the s election that's one reason because i want to just drop it down a level so that all the profits from the advisory business, the um, investment firm, for lack of a better term, will drop into the CFO entity, and I'll still get all the tax perks, except the investment firm will be 100% owned by my S-corp. That'll be now the CFO entity. So that's why, from that perspective, why you might want to revoke that. Now, there are some consequences of doing this. That investment firm cannot become an S-corp again for five years. Once you revoke, that's the quote-unquote penalty is you have a five-year waiting period before doing it again. <coughs> Excuse me. So the reason that I bring that up is I've had a client ask me, a uh, couple clients actually, like if their business drops for whatever reason, like COVID or whatever the case may be, like uh, I don't know if I'm going to do as well this year. Should I revoke my S election? That's part of the reason why it's like, yeah, that's that's a risky proposition because if you you might just have to bite the bullet this year because if you're in the business of profit, maybe you have a lower profit expected for 2023. But if you expect to be going back to normal or higher profits, because maybe you hired a bunch of people, so your, tr- your profits dropped, revoking that S election could be a mistake because in the future years, as your team starts to increase sales and profitability, you wouldn't be able to go back to S election so there's a couple of reasons but let's go into some of the perks of being an s corp and i've have entire episodes dedicated to this so i don't i'm not going to go into the absolute details um i'll give you a quick i should have looked this up before but um episode 21 looks like it aired february 11th of 2022 is all about s corps so if you want to know a lot more detail about if an S-Corp is right for you and some of the procedures, you can find that on episode 21. I forget. Yeah. 21. So, But just as a high level, the purpose of an S-Corp is to save self-employment taxes, or FICA. That's basically your Social Security, your Medicare, and then the um, Obamacare tax that kicks in over 200 grand or 250 grand, whether you're single or married. So that's the general idea of it. So that's why a lot of times people will recommend those. Now, the second big reason is that S corps have a lower audit rate than one member LLCs. Now, today we're going to talk about partnerships. Partnerships also have lower audit rates. So that's going to be a more or less a wash if you're if you have a business partner and you're deciding should be we, should we be a two member partnership or should we be a two shareholder. S-corp. We're going to go into some of those strategies, like what, what I would recommend you do. Um, both of those have... So if you're going to elect your S-election, I'm recording this in mid-February of 2023. I well, not I had to think about that for a second. You can make a late election to be an S-corp, but just be aware if you want to file on time, you want to get all those paperworks in before the 15th of March to be uh, S-elected for the first of the year. Now, before we dive in too much i just want to be clear like i said this in the beginning a spouse versus a non-spouse business partner everything that we're going to talk about today assumes that your partner is a non-spouse because overall i'm going to give you some reasons why i think you should not be a multi-member or multi-shareholder s corp but if that person is your spouse then i think i have no problem with uh, two spouses being in s corps um, versus partnerships. So, one of the things that that I think is a mistake and so let me back up a little bit. And I'll give you will so first I'll give you what I think your business entity should look like and then I'll back into the why. So, it's often a mistake that people make in that they hear S corp save taxes and they're happy with that. So when they're inside of a partnership or two, let's call a they have a business partner, they elect that to be an S corp. That has some limitations to it. And some of those limitations I'm going to go into right now, and then I'll explain what it should look like. So when it comes to distributions, so depending on how you uh, are operating, like when you're in a partnership, you should have a whole partnership agreement where you talk about all the potential things that could come up in your life in terms of disputes, how you're going to distribute profits, what's everybody putting in, maybe someone's doing all the work and the other person brought money. And so maybe the one person who's doing all the work is getting a more favorable split, even though the percentages of ownership are the same. In an S-Corp, you can't differentiate profit and loss distributions any way you want. It's got to be based on the ownership. So if you guys are 50-50, but you said, well, you know, it's really not fair because you're doing all the work, but I'm just uh, putting up the money. You should get 75% of the profits and I'll only take 25 or you want to have some sort of guaranteed payment structure, that's very difficult inside of an S-Corp because you have to distribute the profits based on the percentage ownerships. So that's a reason that sometimes you go and form a partnership instead. So what does that look like? So instead of having a two-shareholder S-Corp, what you would want to do instead is you guys would form a partnership that would be, I'm going use round number. So it's a 50-50 partnership. Now, now, who owns that 50% for you in that st- structure? And this is very difficult without drawing it for you, but you want a parent company to own your 50%. You don't want to own your 50% outright because you want that structure and your profits to fall into an entity that will be taxed as an S-corp. So, in that simple example where you and your business partner are getting into business together, you would want to form an LLC that's a two member LLC as a partnership. Now, so these same rules apply if it's three members or, or more. But the reason I'm just going to keep it to just keep it simple your share of that 50%, again, you don't want that to be owned by you. Often you would, from a tax perspective, you would have an LLC that's, that's underneath it that is your parent company that you own 100% of that owns your 50%. The reason for that is when that partnership has profits, again, it could be distributed any way that you guys describe inside of that agreement. Whatever profits are due to you drops into your S corp, and now you do all your tax planning. So now you start to block the self-employment taxes at your personal level. You don't want to do it at the big partnership level. And the reason, again, if you guys are not splitting things 50 50, that could cause some problems because of the way S Corps have rules. So that could even be the same thing. Like if you, if in the side of the partnership, you say, well, you're doing all the work, so you'll get the equivalent of a salary in what in a partnership is called a guaranteed payment. That could drop into your S Corp as well as your partnership profits. So now, At your S-corp level, you're doing all your tax planning. The other challenge with a partnership where you guys are 50-50 and you try to make that an S-corp, and then underneath it, it's just owned by you personally. The other challenge there is you start to infringe on each other's perks of being a business owner. Now, here's what I mean. If you're in that 50-50 and... So as business owners... (laughs) We do our best to turn personal travel into legitimate business travel, which is cool. So, if you have to be in Miami for a business trip, there's no there's no rhyme or reason whether you could stay in a Holiday Inn or at a Four Seasons penthouse. You know, obviously, you do whatever you want with your business. But if you're in a partnership and you're like, "Hey, uh, partner A, you need to go to this trip for the business." But if partner A decides to upgrade to Four Seasons Penthouse inside of that S-Corp structure, that that two-member S-Corp, that could be a problem because if they rack up a $10,000 bill, you have to pay for half of that because it comes out of the profits of the business. Conversely, if you guys have the business saying, all right, we, we will reimburse, the business will pay for the equivalent of, not know. split difference, say hey, Marriott and I'm no hotel expert. So if I'm, if I'm butchering these, uh, I'm just trying to give an idea of like $200 a night versus $400 a night versus a thousand a night. That's kind of where I'm going in my head. If the business like, okay, we're gonna assume you're gonna stay at the Marriott for 400 a night for three nights. So we're gonna reimburse you $1,200 plus the airfare. Let's call it 2000. The partnership can reimburse partner A So now the business is splitting that $2,000, reimbursing that to that person's S Corp. Now, if they decided to bring a spouse, bring kids, turn it into a business trip on their end, upgrade it to the Four Seasons, and their whole hotel and meal bill and all that came out to $5,000. Again, you reimburse them as the business agreed to $2,000. So on your end if you weren't the partner going it only cost you a thousand and it cost them a thousand but again the business decided they needed to be there now they get reimbursed the 2 grand plus inside of their own S corp they can take that $3000 deduction still so it's not lost and you aren't paying for their travel same thing would apply if your business partner said i need a brand new laptop it's going to cost $2000 you as the business owner, are like well I'm not paying for your new laptop. Like that's not a that's not a business expense. That's your business expense, but it's not our business expense. No problem. They buy that in the their their S corp that owns the fifty percent of the partnership. So that way you can see how it it evolves from there. Like anything that is business related, but it's more personal than partnership related. You want those decisions down inside of your S Corp because if you have a if your business partner has a family of five and you're single and they're like, well, I want to have health insurance for all my kids and my spouse, if that's inside of the partnership, that's going to be a very expensive health insurance plan for you, the partner, versus saying, Nope, no problem, business partner, put (coughs) excuse me, put that. Health insurance expense inside of your S Corp, and I'll have my health insurance inside of mine. And it's going to go tit for tat like that in general because the business operations are going to do what it's going to do. But all the perks of being a business owner should not be shared because that's going to create conflict. But from a then, there's other advantages too, like inside of partnerships. If something happens, there's step up in basis, there's no step up in basis inside of S Corps. So again, you want that that operational business often to be structured. If you're going to do a partnership, if it's two or more members, you want that to be a a partnership versus a multi-shareholder S corp because you want each individual person to own the uh, their portion in their own S corp. So then they're doing all their own tax planning. A couple other advantages. And that's depending on who... Like, There are restrictions inside of S-Corps. So if you have a business partner who is a non-resident, they can't be an owner in an S-Corp. So that's another reason why you want a partnership up there instead of an S-Corp, because you might have a business partner who's not uh, from the United States. And I'll be honest, I don't know the details of like the different immigration statuses, but I just know that if you're working with someone who's a non-resident, you want to be crystal clear on this. And for you, you might have no choice but to make sure you're not an S-corp. And if you already are talking to a lawyer about setting this structure up, because you likely are going to have to revoke that. Now, now let's talk about funding. So uh, if you've listened to my episodes before, and I'll drop another episode podcast for you, episode 32, we talk about the term self-directing. What is self-directing? So when you're damn sorry i can't stop coughing i don't know maybe my editor is going to cut those out but if not i apologize i keep coughing um self-directing is a pretty cool thing and i talk about it a lot and quite frankly it's one of the biggest things that i why i don't love that iuls those cash value life insurance policies are pitched to everybody because if you understand self-directing you can see there's a there's an equivalency there and so you may not have to rely on insurance companies if you self-direct, rely on yourself. Now, I understand that. If we're going on a tangent there, like the perks of the IULs are that you're out of control of it versus that could be a good thing or a bad thing. So if you're good at what you do and you can identify businesses that need your capital, um, you can make those investments inside of retirement vehicles. So if you got a Roth IRA, this is what Peter Thiel did with Facebook. He made his investment in Facebook, not through his personal money but through his Roth IRA and that obviously grew to whatever whatever it is now but when his story became popular those shares had a value around 5 billion dollars from a $500,000 investment and inside of a Roth IRA there's going to be no taxes so for him that's an amazing grand slam that he hit <clears throat> but you have the ability to do that as well that's what self directing is so if you've got a skill set for finding other online businesses, and you're like, oh, this person just needs money, my Roth IRA could do it. They don't need me to be involved. Maybe some oversight, and you know, maybe you're on their board of advisors. <clears throat> but if your Roth IRA wanted to be a partner in the business, that would not be possible if it was an S corp, because that's just one of the rules of S corps. There can only be 100 shareholders, one class of stock. Um, none of the partners of that 100 can be again a non-us citizen and also the it cannot be a retirement account. So, if you ever wanted to invest in a business or potentially bring on a business partner who is just going to be partnering with their Roth IRA or their 401k or whatever the case may be, that's another reason you would need to be a partnership because if you're elected the S status, that person couldn't come in. So most people listening, are probably that's not applicable to them. But it's just another reason because as you get more sophisticated in business, you might have people come in that they're just a capital partner. You don't really need them to do much. Um, but that might be how, especially if they're sophisticated, you might not even know. Like You might be asking them for money. And in their head, they're like, well, I'm not coming in with my own money. I'm coming in with my Roth's money. So if you're an S Corp, immediately their tax advisor or their lawyer is going to come in and say, you have to restructure this. Because this partner can't come in as it is. So that's a number of reasons that if you heard of the S-Corp, I, I, this the purpose today was not to dissuade you from being an S-Corp. It's to teach you if you have a business partner, you want to drop that S-status down to a parent company and have all the companies above it, whether they're owned by 100% by you or in some split partnership arrangement, you want all of that to drop down into one S Corp. You only need to have one. Um, there, there, there isn't a reason. In fact, it benefits you to have them all drop into one because that way you're not trying to find reasonable compensation inside of multiple businesses, which is too complicated to get into today, but that could actually cost you money because of the way employer taxes are withheld. As far as I'm aware, and if there's any tax professionals listening, let me know if I'm incorrect on this, but as far as I'm aware, you're going to get back your employee side. We know that because you, if you paid into too much on the personal side, you get that back. But I leave at the employer side, you do not get a refund there. So there are there you would be hemorrhaging some tax dollars that would go to the IRS from the employer. And again, you're the owner in these scenarios because in S corp, you are the employer and the employee. So that's another reason you don't want to have S corps owning other S-Corps because you could be hurting yourself from the withholdings that are the employer side. So this was a shorter episode and I really was trying to distill this down in a a fairly simple format, but I get that question a lot from people who are trying to form partnerships. Like, well, why do I not want the S-Corp at the top level? And I hope this helps break it down that basically you can do all that tax strategy. You don't lose any of the tax strategy. You're just consolidating it at the bottom for each of you. And then, uh, I guess I didn't say this before, those S-corps then drop down into your personal tax return, and everything gets nice and neat and clean. In that scenario, you've got asset protection at the top, tax reduction in the middle, and then all flows clean and efficient into your personal tax return. If this was confusing and you want me to sort of draw it out for your specific situation with you and your business partner, reach out to me. My Instagram is at the pat darby same same on tiktok i'm not as active on tiktok but i do post every day i just i don't even know how to do stories on there i think it's cool when people do that but i'm not too sophisticated with social media but instagram is the best place to dm me if you if you have questions and hope you have an awesome week thanks guys thank you for joining us this week on build your wealth muscle the links mentioned in this episode are available in the show notes